Good morning. How are you? It's good to be here uh, this morning. And uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Jonathan. And uh, it's so good. good. Good to be here. Good to see uh, some old faces, some new faces. And uh, it's, it's good, I believe, we're open for a great morning this morning. I believe that God's got a word that he wants to speak into your heart. And that, uh, and that this morning that, that we just allow his spirit to touch us and to move upon us. That I believe today that you can leave this morning changed, transformed, empowered, because we're going to talk about the Word of God and uh, and where His Word is preached, where His Word is spoken. I know transformation takes place. And so can we just pray just quickly? So Father, I just thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for these people. Father, I just pray, Lord, let your hand be upon us today. Father, touch us, move upon us today. Father, by your Holy Spirit, anoint us this day. In your name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to let you know just about a couple more things and uh, that uh, just in the next couple of weeks coming up within the life of, uh, of Revival City Church because there's some big things happening. Obviously, you know, most churches around this time of year, uh, you know, with the sort of programs and things like that, everything kind of winds down. And then as we sort of come towards February, which are only like a week away, can you believe that? Like, like one month of the year is done already, people. Like it's unbelievable, right? So, so but you know, as as we sort of come into uh, come into the year and and you know things begin to uh, things begin to ramp up again, things begin uh, all programs, things like that, kicking off in the life of the church, and so so you start to see and those different things going on. But uh, the next two Sundays uh, are pretty significant uh, in in the life of Revival City Church, and and uh, and particularly for up here as well. And uh, and that is uh, next week, the 29th. Uh, will be uh, Pastor Gary and Jane's last Sunday here as location pastors. Yep. Now, let me just clarify, all right? They're not going anywhere, okay? Like, like you, they, they, uh, they love you too much, all right? So it's not happening, okay? So, but, uh, but obviously in this season, and for those of you who are new uh, to the churches, well, maybe you're sort of new to sort of what the journey, what's been going on in that, uh, but, but Infused Church, uh, which is a great church that was here, that was founded by Pastor Keith and Wendy Feebig, who are just here, and then Pastor Gary and Jane, who've been leading for the last 15 years, is that right? 19 years, sorry, I left out. I was going to say 20, I should have said 20. That was closer, right? So, uh, so, so they've been uh, uh, leading the congregation here, and uh, and over, but over the last season, I've uh, just been in a season of transition and uh, and and joining uh, with Revival City Church under the leadership of Pastor David and Donna, uh, who are just uh, amazing leaders, and so coming under them, and so we've sort of seen a bit of a transition now, and and now Infused Church is now Revival City Church Mount Barker, and so uh, so we're kind of in the process and in the throes, and and you know like as we kind of journey these things out, you know like I think you'll you'll continue to see changes and things like that happening around the place. But, uh, but one of the things that, that will change is that uh, Pastor Phil and, and Sarah, who I'm sure you've all met over the last uh, couple of months, whatever, so they will become the location pastors uh, here. And so, uh, and so they'll, be, uh, they'll be here uh, loving and looking after you guys. And uh, I know that they're so excited about that opportunity. I know uh, um, they're in great relationship with these guys as well, and they've been meeting regularly, just catching up and, and just talking about all the wonderful things here in the life of the church. And, uh, and so I know you're going to be blessed by that. But, but really what the 29th is, is that we want to give opportunity to honour uh, these guys. And, uh, and they don't enjoy this right now, but, uh, but we're going to do it to them anyway, all right? Because we're going to honour uh, Pastor Gary and Pastor Jane for the time and, and for the, the leadership and, and for all that they've done uh, here. It's only right and fitting that we do that. And so, uh, so next week, we're going to give opportunity for that to, for that to happen. And, so, uh, and, and we're going to sort of 
uh, in a sense, uh, take time and, and to, to reflect on the journey, but also to celebrate the future in what God's going to do through this house. Because let me tell you, Mount Barker needs a thriving church. Mount Barker needs this house to be all that God's called it to be because there's people in the community who need Jesus. There's people in this world, there's people who live Stones throw that way, who live over the back fence here, who don't yet know Jesus. And it's up to you and I to come and to bring the message of the gospel and see people saved and see people won into the kingdom of God. Amen. Do you believe that today? Can we agree on that? We can agree on that. And so, and so we're going to come and we're going to take that time though on the 29th to do that. And then the following week on the 5th, uh, we're going to have uh, Vision Sunday. And so uh, Vision Sunday is, uh, is, is always uh, a big Sunday uh, in uh, Revival City Church and Pastor David. Uh, every year, has a, uh, God gives him a word for the year, a word for the church in what uh, that sort of really speaks to the direction and, and who we are and where we're sort of going. And so you won't want to miss out on that. So that's on the 5th. And so I really want to encourage you, you know, like over the next two weeks, like be like, I mean, you're all good Christians. Don't get me wrong. I know you're like, you're amazing. But be like really good Christians, all right? And uh, make sure you're in church in the next couple of weeks here on the 29th uh, as we have opportunity to, to honour these guys and to do that. And then on the 5th as well for Vision Sunday as we, uh, as we look to the future and what God's going to do through this house in the hills. Is that cool? Very good. So can't wait for all of that. Hey, if you've got your Bibles this morning, we're going to open to the book of Luke. Book of Luke and chapter 4. And uh, verse 18, and uh, while you find it, this is what it says. Uh, Book of Luke 4, verse 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. You know, I love this passage. This passage is great for someone like me, because I'm a simple person. Right? I'm a simple person. And I love that right here before Jesus. This is at the very start of his ministry, the very start of as he begins to, to, to go and, and begins to you know, perform the miracles. And I know that, and we know that eventually that leads to the cross and salvation of humanity. As, as this process and as this journey begins, he clearly lays out here what his purpose is. He tells us very clearly, we never have to wonder what is Jesus's purpose? We never have to wonder, well, what, what, what was Jesus all about? Why did he come to it? We never have to think that because Jesus tells us here clearly in black and white in the Word of God, it's right here, or well, maybe in red, depending on what sort of Bible you've got, right? But he says, these are the words out of his mouth. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. You know, Jesus lays it out here, just plain and simple for you and I. This is His purpose. His purpose was to come to set the captive free. His purpose was to come to, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, those who are bound. He came to bring us freedom. You know, I love that this passage, it opens and Jesus makes this statement. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Oh, I love that. I love that. You can, you can meditate on that. You can, you, you can just let that uh, get on you t- uh, today. You know, I love that, that there's an anointing for us today, that there's an anointing that can get on you. You know, I think it's important for us to understand that, that there's an anointing. You see, the Spirit of the Lord is in us. 
that we have the Spirit of the Lord in us, that when you are saved, when you accept Jesus Christ is your Lord and Saviour. The Spirit does a regenerative work in your, in your, it does a regenerative work in your spirit and you become alive. You become a new creation. The Spirit of the Lord is in us. That's the joy that we find as, as a new believer, His Spirit coming alive uh, in us. I love that the Spirit of the Lord is with us. That, that, that's the, the regenerative nature causing us to become more Christ-like in our attitude, character, behaviour and our thinking. You know, God is with you no matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter what sin you fall into, no matter what entraps, no matter what challenge you're facing. He is with you, friend. He's with you. He's with you everywhere you go. He's with you and He's there. And, he's, and what's He doing? He's moulding you. He's shaping you. He's, he's, he's talking to you. He's leading you and guiding you. And, and as we allow the Spirit of God to be with us, we're shaped and moulded to become more like Him. But I love here that Jesus says, Jesus says that the Spirit of the Lord is on us. You know, the anointing can get on you. The anointing can get on us. You know, that we, we get to be carriers of His Spirit. We get to be carriers of, of, uh, of the things of God. You know, like this, this is a bit of like a, this is like the best example I could come up with. It's, a, it's a probably a little bit like, a little bit uncouth, right? But it kind of, but I, I hope it makes sense, okay? So uh, like, I guess what I'm saying is like, like my mum's not here, but if my mum was here, she might, I don't know if she would kind of like me saying this, you know? So, so I'm, it's edgy, it's edgy, Pastor Wendy, right? I'm, I'm going to edge. You know, like, like when we talk about the Spirit of the Lord being on us and we can, and it gets on things, you know, is, have you ever like shaken someone's hand who's like just come out of the bathroom and like your, your hand becomes wet, right? You know that, you know that feeling, all right? See, see, it's not the best example. See, some of you right now, you're like, nah, I'm done. He, he lost me, right? So, right? You know, like my hand was never near the water. My hand was never near the tap. I wasn't near the basin at all. But yet, I'm wet, right? You know, the Spirit of God, if we were, Dean's not sure either. Okay, we're in trouble. I'm coming over here. I'm coming over here. All right. All right. You know, it's like that, right? The Spirit of the Lord can get on us. It gets on things. And even though, and, and this is the point. See, there are people who might never come and step foot in this place. Right, But you come here and the Spirit gets on you. So guess what? When you go to work, when you go to that shop, when you go to that family, when you go to those people and you put your hand on them, guess what? Something of the Spirit of God's getting on them, right? Whether they like it or not, something of the Spirit of God is getting on them. And that's what it means when we say the Spirit is on us. We are carriers of His Spirit. You know, I knew this lady, uh, Lynn Abrams was her name, great lady. And uh, uh, it's when I was... Um, uh, on staff at a church in Brisbane, and uh, we lived up there for six years. And uh, this lady, Lynn, she was she was a legend, right? And uh, and she told me this story about how her uh, her daughter uh, growing up um, went a bit wild, you know, like and, and she would go out and you know do the nightclub thing and and things like that. And uh, and Lynn didn't appreciate it. Lynn was like, "No, this isn't this isn't like what my daughter should be doing, right?" And so she told me this story that uh, that what she would do is every time her daughter went out. She, she would go and she would lay hands on her pillow. She'd go into her room. And so her daughter's out at the nightclub, whatever, doing her thing. And she would go and lay her hands on that pillow and she would pray and she would anoint 
that pillow because she knew eventually she's going to come home and eventually she's going to put her head on that pillow. And when her head goes on that pillow, guess what? The Spirit of the God's Lord's going to get on her. The anointing's going to touch her. The anointing is going to, is going to move upon her. And she would do that. And can I tell you that uh, her daughter, um, she was like, she ran our children's ministry. Right, so, so God did an amazing turnaround in her life and, and brought her through that season in life. But can I tell you that as we pray and we lay hands on things and we touch things and, 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 and we, the Spirit of God can get on things. The anointing is on you, but it's not on you for you. It's on you to get on someone else, to get on something else, that, that we are carriers of His anointing. Is that good? Do you believe that today? We're carriers of His anointing. But you know, his anointing is there for a purpose. And, and I guess the subject and where I really want to sort of hone in this morning and really speak around is that his, his purpose, the anointing was on Jesus for a purpose and that purpose was for freedom. And so I want to speak into that today. I guess if you were to title my message, it would just simply be that, it'd be freedom. And, and I want to look at this concept and this idea of freedom because I think, I think if you... Uh, if you look at the world we live in today, uh, freedom is like the highest law in the land. It's, it's like the concept and the, and the ideal and the goal and the attainment of freedom is like the greatest thing that, that we have in our society, right? It is, it is the thing that, that, that our world uh, really, um, really wants to uh, see in everything that we do, right? So let, let, I'll kind of explain this, you know, like, like that we, we live in a culture that demands freedom, it, it, it's everyone's right to have freedom. You know, it's, it's in our secular Western culture that, that freedom is the, is, the, is the top thing, right? It's the highest law in the land. It's all about my rights as an individual. It's my rights to choose, to be whoever or whatever I want. That is our culture today. That's, that's our world today. That's our society, right? And freedom is the top thing, that, the top principle and virtue, and it's for everyone. Freedom is a universal want in humanity, you know, today, even right now, we, we know that wars and economic sanctions have all been enacted in the name of freedom, right? So, so we see this, this thing of freedom, you know, like if you look at, if we look at even in, in a global sense where there is uh, maybe other uh, cultures or countries where freedom isn't quite what we think it should be, you know, we kind of frown upon those countries. We, we kind of look down upon those things. We, we look at those things and we go, no, that's not right. That's not how things should be. People should be allowed to be free, that freedom is a human right, right? This concept uh, permeates all aspects of our world and our culture. We see it all throughout pop culture and film and music. We see it in, uh, uh, throughout uh, even political movements and, and, um, and social justice movements. You know, think of the great speech by Martin Luther King in 1963 where he says, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, free at last. This concept, this idea, this desire, this need in our society, in our world for freedom. It's something that, that, that as a society we want. We want to see happening everywhere in our world. But how do we define freedom? Like it's one thing to want freedom, but what is freedom? How, how would you define freedom? What is it that makes someone free? Is freedom just about physical space or restraints or things like that or what what is freedom you know i i think that if you were to distill what our culture's concept of freedom is that freedom would be the ability to choose that i'm free 
when I can, when I can make the decisions that I want to make, that that's what freedom looks like. That choice is freedom and freedom is choice. I have the freedom to choose where I go, to choose what I do and to choose who I am. As a culture, we believe that people should have choice and it's that ability to choose that gives people freedom. Are you with me? Right, that that's when we are truly free. When I have all the choices, when I can make any choice I want, whenever I want, how I want, when I want, in the time that I want, it's, that's, when, that's, that's what freedom looks like. That's what freedom truly is. But can I tell you today, I think there's a, if, if that's our definition of freedom, if our definition of freedom is that of choice, then I think that gives us a few, there's a few challenges that come with that, right? There's a few challenges that come along with that idea of freedom. You see, um, every now and then, not every now and then, all the time, my, uh, my wife will send me a text to pick something up from the shops, right? And the one that I hate the most, right, that she sends me is the one where I've got to go buy, like, the shampoo and the conditioner. All right, first of all, I know nothing about that, right? It's been a long time <laughs> since I've had to worry about those things. All right, so that's, first of all, I feel like, what, you're having a go at me? Is that what this is, this is a joke, you know, like... <laughs> Teasing me, you know, so, right? The other thing is that uh, I don't know uh, if you've ever ventured down the, uh, the shampoo aisle, but, man, there are a lot of options. Like, there are so many options, you know? Like, and my wife knows that if she doesn't send me the specific one that she wants, you know, first of all, I'll stand there for 20 minutes just staring, you know? Like, it's the one time I'm waiting for a shop assist to actually come and ask me and say, can I help you? Because I, I need help, right? I don't, know, I don't know what I'm doing. But so, so this, this, is my, this is my rule, right? This is my go-to when if she just, if it's a non-specific, just buy the, you know, like, is that I'll always choose the conditioner and shampoo, right, that has aloe vera in it, right? Does that, does that sound good? Now, now, but he, just so you know, right, and you're thinking, oh, man, that's a great... No, there's a, there's a reason why I always choose it. It's because for no other reason, I figure if I'm going to stand there, I might as well like, entertain myself a little bit, is that I can't help any time I see the word aloe vera, I can't help but say, aloe vera. <laughs> I just, I can't help it, right? And so I'll stand there and I'll look, and I look around and I see all the different things. This one's got... Balboa, this one's got, I don't know, you know, like this has got creatine in it or something, I don't know, whatever it is, caffeine. If you see, they put caffeine in stuff, I don't know, maybe that's what I needed. Who am, look, who am I really? I shouldn't be commenting, I apologise, right? But, uh, but I'll, inevitably I'll look through all the different options and I'll go, aloe vera, and that's the one I'll pick up, <laughs> right? Every time without fail, I will purchase the one with aloe vera, not because I have any idea what aloe vera does, other than I, it just gives me the opportunity to say, aloe vera, right? So that's, that's what I'll do, right? See, see, that's one of the challenges. See, freedom is choice. Then we live in a world where there's so many choices. You know, sometimes I think people find it, you know, not to choose something is a choice, right? And, and sometimes in, in our world today, we see people, they, they, they get, I'm sort of jumping ahead a little bit, but, you know, I, I, read, this, um, I read this article uh, just this week and they were talking about, uh, you know, one of the, the, the issues that, uh, that particularly in young people they see in society, this going back maybe 10 years ago, was what they called FOMO, right, which is the fear of missing out, 
right? And how this is a real, real challenge, a real thing. But they've actually called it, now they've changed it. It's not FOMO anymore. It's called FOBO, right? So B-O. And it's basically the fear of, um, the fear of a better offer. So, so the idea is, is that maybe there's a better choice that comes on. Maybe so, so for young people today, it's like, well, if I choose this job, but then what if a better job comes along? So, so I can't, so I better not choose because if I choose that, then I'm, then I'm not, you know, like, and I think, and, and this is kind of what we'll sort of look at because I think that's the challenge. When you say freedom is choice, then these, these are the issues that come up with that, right? If we, if we have a society where freedom is about choosing, then, then we're going to be in trouble, right? It's, it's not what true freedom is, all right? Because that's what it does is that if, uh, if, if freedom is choice, then then when I make a decision, I'm making a decision um, not about something else, all right? So I'm jumping ahead. Sorry, I'll come back to the notes, right? So, uh, so another, another issue with freedom as choice, all right? And uh, particularly for us uh, Christians and believers here today is that, uh, is that why would Jesus come to earth to bring freedom, right? And that is if freedom is choice. If that's what Jesus was about when he's talking about freedom, Right? Well, didn't we already have that anyway? <laughs> like, didn't we see that played out in the Garden of Eden? Right? Is, is, isn't that what took place in the first place? Right? Was that we already, we already have an ability to choose. So the idea that God would send his son Jesus to die on a cross so that you and I could make choices and have freedom, is, it's, not, it's not the right concept of what freedom is. I don't believe that that's the freedom that Jesus is talking about because we already had that in the first place. So, so why would Jesus need to come? And, and, and why would he need to die? Why would need all those things need to take place when we already have that already? Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. So, free, so I don't believe that that is the sort of freedom that Jesus was talking about. So on that, what does Jesus say about freedom? All right. How does Jesus define freedom? If his purpose was to bring freedom, then what's his take on freedom? What's Jesus' concept on freedom? Well, let's jump in our Bibles. So the book of John in chapter 8. Because here we see Jesus uh, he has an interesting discussion with, uh, with a group of, uh, um, of Israelites talking about this concept and this idea of freedom. So in the book of John, chapter 8 and verse 31. This is what it says. It says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are the offspring of Abraham, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. Just hmm, just think about that. Never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Verse 34, Jesus answered them, saying, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. All right. Now, did you, did you pick up on that, right? Did you see that? I little stop there in case you missed it. Verse 33, right? They said that we are the offspring of Abraham, right? We're Jews. We're Israelites. True. Thumbs up, right? But then they go on to say this. We have never been enslaved to anyone. Hang on a minute. I mean, just even look at the moment they're living in right there. 
Remember like all the Roman guards and centurions and Roman set up things around the place? Like they are under Roman rule, right? Are they free? <laughs> they're not free. They're, they're, they're slaves in the Roman, in the Roman setup, right? Just go, let's, and again, let's go back, all right? Let's think about, let's think about Daniel, all right? What happened to Daniel, all right? We all know the story of Daniel, right? He was pulled away from his people. They changed his name. They changed his culture. They changed his language, right? They did everything they could, right? The Babylonians, the whole, their whole concept and idea was, we're going to make you one of us, right? They, they, that's how they went about it, right? So they were slaves to that, right? Let's go back a bit further, the book of Exodus. Why is it called the book of Exodus? Because they were exiting. Exiting what? Egypt. Why? Because they were slaves, right? It, like, like, how is it that someone can make this comment here in the Word of God and say, we've never been slaves to anyone? We've never been slaves. Like, that, that's unbelievable. Like, how is it that they can come to that place? Have you ever talked to someone and you know they're lying, but they just never admit it? Right? Have you ever talked to someone like that? Right? My brother, right? So he, uh, he, he had a Datsun 120Y, right? Anyone here, anyone here owned a Datsun back in the day? He had a, he had a, this Datsun had an aftermarket uh, air conditioner uh, fitted to it. But I tell you, if you were driving up the hill, you couldn't put the air conditioner on because it just it slowed it down too much, right? So it's unbelievable, right? So, uh, so uh, he had this Datsun 120Y, and one, one day, I would have been about 16, 17 or something like that. We were driving in on a Saturday afternoon, uh, heading into the city, uh, the church we were part of there, and, and uh, we were getting ready for the youth, youth ministry, right, the youth night. And so I was going in to help him. So we're driving along in the car, and, uh, and all of a sudden, as we're like just going down Northeast Road there, just by the, uh, the, the ABC building, uh, the car just drops to the side and just starts making this scraping noise. I turn my head, I see sparks flying up, and I noticed our wheel rolling ahead of us <laughs> down the road. The tyre had come off of the car, right? So, uh, you know, not, just not something that happens every day, right? So, uh, so, so my brother pulled out. Luckily, there, I don't know, it was a Saturday afternoon, but there wasn't really any cars around us, and so, which was amazing, right? Thank God. And so, uh, so we, we pulled into the, uh, we just pulled off, and, uh, and, then, uh, and then the tyre had rolled ahead, hit a stobie pole and kind of gone back the other way and then kind of stopped on the road and then my brother had pulled up about 100 metres down the road a bit further, right? So I jump out of the car, run back to get the tyre, right? So I'm sprinting back, I, f I get the tyre, I pick it up. Just at this stage, cars starting to pull up, people are looking at me like, what is going on? I'm like, it's okay, right? So I pick up the tyre and as I turn around and start to head back to the tyre, I notice one of the wheel nuts, right, in the gutter. So I'm like, oh my gosh, that's amazing, right? Because you know, how, am I, how are we going to find the wheel nuts, right? And so I pick up the wheel nut, put it in my pocket, grab the tyre, run, uh, run back to the car. And by this stage, my, uh, my brother has got the, the jack out and he's starting to jack up the back of the car and this kind of thing. And, and so I brought the tyre and I'm like, oh man, and we're just like, we're kind of like laughing about it. And wow, you know, this, this is crazy, this kind of thing. And I go, I go, oh, I found a wheel nut, you know, like, I don't know how we're going to find the others. And he goes, oh, no worries, I've got them all. And I'm like, like later on, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, how does he have, like, I th I'm like, just by pure luck, I feel like I found one. You know what I mean? Like, yet somehow he's found all of them in the time that I've run back, got the tyre and come back. And so I said to him, I go, you had them in your pocket, didn't you? 
Like you, because he was messing around with the car earlier, right? I'm like, you, you did something, right? And then when you, you didn't put the wheel nuts back on, right? Or you put on one or something. And that's why, like, how else could you find them? Now, my brother will still swear to me this day that he just found them, right? He just found, I'm like, what are they? You're like all in a pile together? Like, what are the chances, right? I need details, you know? So, but he won't give me details, which tells me, that he's lying, you know what I mean? So, but he'll take it with him to the grave because he's a stubborn big brother and that's what they do and you'd never admit that his little brother was right, you know what I mean? So, uh, but uh, you know, if you've ever like, spoken and they just like, it doesn't matter, like they just, they just, they, you know the truth, but they just, they'll just lie to your face, right? They'll just, they'll, they'll never admit that they were wrong, you know? So, you know, we, we see this here in this passage, like how could they say, never been slaves? You know, they... They had convinced themselves of a false reality. They had convinced themselves that, that they were never slaves. They, they had convinced themselves that, that this wasn't an issue for them. Jesus is talking about freedom. Why? You don't need to talk to us about freedom. We're already free, Jesus. Like, you, this is a strange conversation. Like, like they, they, they convinced themselves of this false reality. You know, one commentary I read said this. It says, The power of self-deception in the unconverted man is infinite. The power of self-deception in the unconverted man is infinite. You know, if I was to define something in our culture, in our world today, in our society today, is that we fool ourselves into these false realities. We, we, our, our world fools itself into thinking that, that, this is the answer or this is the way or this is the solution or freedom is about having choices. People have got to have choices. People can choose what they want, when they want, how they want, who they want. That's what freedom is about. It's a false reality. It's a false understanding. It's, it's, it's a false world that, that we find ourselves in. And, and can I tell you that, that is the one thing that you see in our world today is that when you are See, the Bible says that when you are double-minded, you are unstable in all your ways. You know, who thinks that our world is pretty unstable at the moment? Our society, things are unstable, right? We, it's just like, you know, up is down, down is up, left is right, right is, you know, like, yes is no, no is, well, yes is maybe, no is maybe. You know what I mean? Like, like, like we live in a world that's unstable in all of its ways, a world that's double-minded, a world that has a false reality of what freedom is, of what freedom is is about. See, here's, here's ultimately, here's, here's the issue. If, if we convince ourselves that freedom is choice, right, and that choice is freedom, this is ultimately the issue. Because if freedom is choice, then the moment I make a choice, I eliminate the choice for something else. Therefore, by eliminating choice, I have restricted freedom. And we can never restrict freedom. Because if you restrict freedom, well, that's the, that's the highest value. So I can't restrict freedom so I can't make a choice because if I make a choice, then I can't choose something else. Does that make sense? Simply put, if I choose to go left, then I eliminate my choice to go right. So we just choose to do nothing. We live in a world that is unable to choose. We live in a world where yes means maybe and no means maybe. We can't limit choices because if to limit choices is to limit our highest ideal. Therefore, our world is double-minded. No one in anything is certain. You know, our culture supports freedom of speech, but just make sure you say the right things. Just make sure you say what, what we want you to say, right? What is that? It's a false reality. It's double-minded, 
right? It's unstable in all its ways. You know, our culture is more connected than ever. You know, like you can connect in so many different ways in our world and our culture. Yet uh, I heard a recent statistic at this last Christmas that said 30% of people at Christmas time will have nowhere to go. That loneliness permeates our entire society. Yet we're more connected than ever. Yet there's more ways to connect, more ways to meet, more ways to do things. You know, all of this, it's, what is that, right? It's double-minded, right? It's, it's, it's not freedom, right? It's, it's, it's a false reality, right? As a society, we're outraged. We are outraged when children get hurt in our society. Yet our country has passed uh, laws recently that fail to protect their very basic human rights. What is that? That's a world that's double-minded. That's, that's a world that's unstable. That's a world that has convinced itself of a false reality. You know, in a world of choice, in a world of freedom, people have never felt more trapped, more anxiety, more unable to choose, more unsure of what to do. See, in effect, we become slaves to choice without even realising it. And that's the problem with freedom is choice. So what's the solution? What freedom does Jesus offer us? You know, I believe that Jesus offers us true freedom. That Jesus explained in John 8, that he offers us the opportunity to no longer be slaves, but to be a son and a daughter in his family. To be a son and daughter in his family. That that's true freedom. True freedom comes not only that Jesus came to set us free, but freedom comes when we are set in family. When we're put in a place of family and covering through Jesus. We are no longer slaves to the false reality of freedom, but we become into the reality of knowing His love, His grace, and His anointing. See, ultimately, the freedom that Jesus offers you and I is freedom from ourselves. That's the ultimate freedom that He offers us. Romans 8 verse 1 says, Therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus The law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. You see, through Jesus, we're set free. Through Jesus, we come alive in the spirit of life and we experience true freedom that He offers us. We're no longer bound to the law of sin and to that of death. You see, whether our world likes it or not, whether you and I like it or not, we we were all slaves to something. We're all slaves in one way or another. But Jesus offers us the opportunity to not be a slave, but to be a son and a daughter. Can I get an amen? You know, we don't have to be slaves to acceptance and being in the in crowd. We don't have to be slaves to success and material comfort, all of these things which the world would put in front of us. We don't have to be slaves to our habits or our thought patterns. We don't have to be slaves to any of those things, but we can live in the true freedom that Jesus offers us. You know, all a man's efforts to attempt to bring freedom to our, all our best ideas, all our best thoughts can never exonerate us from the law of sin and death. Only Jesus can do that. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to enact the law of the Spirit that leads to life. Jesus came that we might be in Christ Jesus, no longer Condemned, no longer uh, to live a life of slavery, no longer tied to false realities and double-mindedness. We can be free of those things because the Bible says, who the Son sets free is free indeed. No longer condemned to death and sin. See, freedom is not about choices. 
Freedom's about making a choice. And that choice is Jesus Christ. That choice is him. That freedom is about choosing him, making him Lord of your life. You know, I just, um, maybe Dean, just come and, come and join me. We've got a few more minutes. I just want to see Jesus. Jesus, um, he's the pathway to freedom, right? When we make that choice. Right, and in a moment, end of the service, I'm going to give an opportunity here in this place that maybe you're here, maybe you've never made that decision, you've never made that choice to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'm going to give you that opportunity as we come towards the end uh, to accept Jesus Christ, to know Him this morning as your Savior, to know true freedom today that only He can offer you. Right? So I'm going to give you opportunity for that. And, and, and Jesus came to, to bring that freedom to us, but... You know, for those of us who have been on this journey for a while, sometimes we understand that Jesus sets us free, but, you know, it's a challenge sometimes to stay in freedom, right? It's a challenge sometimes to to stay in that place of being free, right? Which is why it's so, like, God's so smart, right? He's just smart, you know? Like, and, and I love that here that Jesus, as He's talking to these people, challenging them on their what their idea is, of freedom is challenging them in the false reality that they're living in. He, he, he says this, that, that you're no longer a slave in the house, but you become a son. You become a daughter, right? See, Jesus takes us from the slavery that we're in and He sets us in family. And can I tell you, that's the best way to stay in freedom. The best way to stay in that place of freedom is to stay in family. To realise that you're set in family. And so just in these last couple of minutes, I just want to quickly just unpack this thought. You know, this is the practical side of me, all right? I want to, I want to give you a couple of thoughts to, to help you because, because in a room full of believers, in a room full of people who you've been journeying with God a long time or wherever you're at on that scale, you know, that's one thing we step into that freedom that Christ offers us and we accept Him as Lord and Saviour and, and we understand that. And it's amazing and we give all glory to Jesus that our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that our freedom is in Him. You know, that's so good. But but staying in that place can be a challenge, right? You don't have to put up your hand, but just give me a little nod if you know that sometimes staying within that place of freedom, right, it's it's hard in today's world. So I want to give you a couple of keys that I believe will help you to stay in freedom, right? So Jesus gives you freedom, but He also wants you to stay in freedom. And He does it by setting you in family, right? By setting you in family. You know, Jesus wants you, to, wants you to be part of His family. See, when you're part of, you're never more free than when you're with family. You're never more free than when you're in a place of comfort, when you're in your own home, right? When you're in your own, that, that space of, of in your family, in your space, like that's when, you're, that's when you are yourself. That is when you are the best person. You know what I mean? Like it's when we're set in family. It's why like God's so smart that this is, this is how we stay in freedom, Right? We stay in freedom when we stay in family because family, you know, and, and please, I, I want to, I, I do need to say this, like, I recognise that here today that maybe your family experience, you know, if we were to go across this room, would be so broad and different for everyone here, all right? Some, uh, maybe family is something that you remember fondly. Some maybe family is things that, you know, is, uh, is painful, right? And so I, I want to recognise that, that as I talk about family, but here I'm talking about the family that God has for us. 
Right? This, this is what family is like and should be like, right? See, family is a loving and caring environment. Family is a place where you can be your true self. And Jesus sets us in that place. See, so how does family create freedom? Here's a couple of quick thoughts, right? Is that uh, we've got to know that we have an everlasting Father, right? So why does that matter? It matters because it means God doesn't have a bad hair day. God doesn't get up out the wrong side of the bed. You know what I mean? God doesn't have a day where, where you know, he, he spoke this way and then all of a sudden He's going, no, I'm going to speak this way now. Like He never changes. Everlasting isn't just a, a concept of eternity. Everlasting means never changing. We have a God who never changed. The Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever, right? He never changes. And so, so who He is doesn't change. The things that He said, they, they don't change. Right, let me tell you, that gives you and I comfort. That gives us freedom, right? Because we don't have a God who's gonna just all of a sudden flip the script on us or make things different or, or change things or kind of go off and do. No, He is the same. Who His Word says He is, He is. And we can put our trust and our confidence in that. And He sets us in that family, right? So that's one thing you gotta know. You gotta know that He is an everlasting Father. Right? So that, and their freedom comes. You, you experience freedom when you know that. Second thing I want you to know, right, is that, uh, is that the resource of the house is available to you and I. You know, my kids, my son never has to ask me to turn on the light switch. You know what I mean? My son doesn't have to ask me to open the fridge. Although sometimes I wish he would, you know. So, but like, you know, like they're, they're, my kids don't have to do those things. Right? When my kids walk into their house, this, it's their house. It's this, and all the resource available to them in the house is available to them. All the resource that's there is there for them, right? When you and I know that we're set in family, when we are set in God's house, guess what? The resource of the house is available to you and me. There's freedom in that. If there's a, if there's a debt that you have, guess what? The resource of the house is available to you. Right? If there's a challenge you're facing, guess what? The resource of the house is available to you. Well, what resource do we have? We have the promises and the Word of God. Every promise in this book is available to you. Everything written in this book is, is there for you. It's resource for you. It's resource for you that you can come in faith and receive from. Whatever you need, you can come and pray. Pray the prayer of faith and receive that which He has promised you. The resource of the house, that's why it's important to know you're set in family church. You're set in family. Jesus came to set you free. He came to set you in family because you know what? If you knew that you had the resource of the world at your disposal, you would, how free would that make you feel? If you had every resource available to you, can I tell you, we have every resource available to us. Amen. So that's the second thing. The first one, you've got to know He's your Father. He's never changing, right? You can trust Him. Right, he doesn't change. Like, second thing is the resource of the house is available. His promises are available to you and me. And this is the third one. And this one's a little bit different. So I might need you just to just come with me on this, all right? But the third one that I want you to know about family, right? But this it's so important. Is that there is obligation. Right? There is obligation to family. Right? Now, now I know this sounds a bit hard because I've just gone telling you about how all these things come to us and Jesus makes a way and all of this and, he, and all those things are true, right? And, and I'm not talking about salvation. Here. I'm not talking about any of those things, right? That is a free gift. Right? I'm, not, I'm not going there. I'm not putting parameters on what God has given to us freely, right? Not at all, right? But, but I want you to understand what it means to be part of family. 
right? Because if we are the family God, then, then we've got to understand. And if Jesus set us in family, then, then we've got to know, well, what does that mean, right? There's obligation to being part of family, you know? So like, here's, here's an example, right? So if you ask me to help you move house, right? I will come up with every excuse to try and get out of that. I'm just telling you right now, all right? Call me a bad person, whatever, all right? I'll, I'll look for any excuse to get out of it. But you know what? If my brother rings me and asks me to help him move house, man, I, I'm obliged to do that, right? There's no, there's no way around that, right? There's, there's no way I can't, I can't, I, I have to help, right? It's just, it's part of family. It's part of the deal, right? It's just part of what has to happen. You know, like when you're family, guess what? You're going to be the one there helping pack those boxes. You know, you're going to be the one there with the sack truck moving. You're like, you, you know what the day is going to be like, right? But you know, it's just, it's, it's, just, it's just what you do, right? Because that's what family does. You know, Jesus set us in family. You know, I believe that part of that, there's an obligation, right? There's an obligation one to another. There's an obligation to His Word. There's an obligation to His promises, you know, there's, you know, you, you can, you can pray all the promises of God, but if you don't live in obedience, right? The Bible says in James, faith without works is dead, right? So there's an attachment to, to there's, there's a part of this where we play a part in this too, all right? We're, we're a part of the, the solution in these things, and and I believe that when we recognise that God has set us in family, that you're not a slave in the house, you are a son and a daughter. The resource of the house is available to you. But friend, can I tell you, I believe that there's an obligation that comes with that too, right? Now, I'm not saying, now please, it, this is where you got you got to hear me in this, right? I'm not saying that the obligation is to, that we all better go out and help with the working be afterwards, although I'm sure it'd be a great thing, right? That's, that's not what I'm saying. Can I tell you what your obligations are? Your obligations are to love God. Your obligations are to worship. Your obligations are to come into the house with thanksgiving in your heart, giving praise to His name. Your obligation is to pray for your neighbour. Your, your obligation is to serve your fellow man. Your obligation is to bring Christ into the world and the place that He has put you. That is your obligation. Does that make sense? I'm not telling you to serve more or do more. I'm not telling you that that's, that's, not, that's, not, that's a part of it, right? That's a result of it, but that's not what it's about. Right? My obligation, Jesus says, talking with uh, one of the teachers, He says, what else, what else do I have to do? He says, love God, love others. Friends, that's our obligation to be set in this family. As sons and daughters, we find true freedom when we live in that place. And the reason, see, the reason why that's so important, the reason why... The obligations are because in that there's purpose. In that there's purpose. You know, God has a purpose for you. There's a reason why you're here today. There's a reason why you're in this place, in this community. There's a purpose that God has for you in this place. There's a reason why He set you in this family. And that you and I, our part in that is to simply love God and love others we worship Him and praise Him. That, that we, never, we never come into this house on a Sunday morning. Oh man, service has started. You know, like, we give honour to where honour's due. Friend, is anyone here today that 
you were saved by Jesus, that He saved you, that He set you free, that, that, that He came and brought liberty to your life. Friend, if I don't, if you don't, that's, that's a reason to lift your hands up. That, that's a reason to bring praise. That's a reason to worship and lift up His Name in the house. As part of the family together, worshipping Jesus with everything I have because He's worthy. Amen. See, He's come to set you free, friend. But not only has He set you free, but He's placed you in family. No longer a slave, but a son and a daughter with an everlasting father, with all the resource of the house available and with an opportunity and an obligation to serve, to love Him, to praise Him, to lift up His name. Just close our eyes in this place. You know, I said before that I'd give opportunity just as we come to a close. You know, I can look around this room and I don't know all of you. I don't know where you are in your journey of faith. Maybe you've been coming here for a short time or a long time or I'm not sure what your circumstance is. What I do know is that Jesus came to set people free. Jesus came to liberate you, set you in family with Him. And Jesus did that by going to a cross, died an innocent man. His blood was shed for you and for me. That we no longer are bound to the law of sin and death, but by His sacrifice, we become sons and daughters in His house. So if that's you here today, if you would like to make that choice, that choice is simply to accept what Jesus has done. To say, Jesus, I no longer want to live my life my way. But Jesus, I want to accept You as my Lord and my Saviour. I believe what You did on the cross was for me. I believe that your blood was shed, that I would be set free. I believe, Lord God, that you want to set me in family, that you have a plan and a purpose for my life. That if you're sitting here today and that's not your reality, but you want to agree with that today, you want to make that choice today, then as a church, we're going to pray together. But just so I know, if there's someone here who wants to pray that prayer, I want to ask you to do something really brave. And it's a step of faith. And that's simply just to lift up your hand so I can just pray for you wherever you are. I'm not going to ask you out the front. I'm not going to get you to do anything else. Right? We're not embarrassing you today. You're not signing up to a church. Right? It's not about that at all. But we do want to welcome you into the family of God. So if that's you in this place, I want to ask right where, you're, right where you're sitting, just to simply raise your hand. I'm looking. I'm going to see it. I'm just going to acknowledge it. And then you can put it down. Just as I quickly look across the room, anyone here today? You want to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You want to know forgiveness. You want to know freedom today. So as I look across the room, oh, cool. That's good, church. Maybe just just look up. I'm just going to pray for you real quick, and then I'm going to hand back to Pastor Gary. Friend, he's come to set you in family. Jesus set us free so we can experience true freedom. 
maybe you're here today. Maybe there's a part of your life that you know isn't as free as what it should be. In fact, why don't we all just stand? Let's make this a bit easier on ourselves. <laughs> you know, it's, it's simply this, right? I just really want to pray for anyone today who wants to experience freedom. Who, yes, you're a believer. Yes, you, you love God. It's amazing, right? But there's areas of your life that you know aren't experiencing true freedom, aren't as free as what they should be. I just want to pray for you today and believe today that something of the Word of God that we looked at today, something will set you free today. That's not, it's not my work, it's not my words, it's not anything I can do. But I want to pray for you today and as you and I join our faith together, as we reach out to God, I believe that He can meet you right where you're at. That you can experience the freedom that He has for you. That, that area of life in your heart where you are oppressed, we are held back. I believe that Jesus, you know, He laid out His purpose. I've come to set the captive free. I've come to bring freedom into your heart, into your life, into your mind. Maybe for you today, there's areas of your mind of anxiety or depression or, or things. There's not, there's not a peace that, you, that God wants to offer and give you today. You know, I'm believing today that you can walk out of this place completely free. And so right where you are, I just want to ask you just to raise your hand high. I'm going to pray for you right where you are. We're going to do this real simple today. Then we're going to finish up. Just see hands going up. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Hand over here. Hand over here. Amazing. Amazing. Over here. Friend, He wants to give you freedom today. Don't walk out of this place a slave. Don't walk out of this place trapped by those mindsets or those thoughts or trapped in that place of poverty anymore. But walk out of this place in freedom today. So Father, I just pray right now, Lord God, for hands raised all over this church. God, I pray, Lord God, for freedom to come, Lord God. God, for freedom to come, Lord, that Your purpose, Lord, Lord, was to set the captive free, to set the captive free. So Father, I pray today, Lord, let You come, Lord God, come and minister to people in this place. Father, let them walk out of this place, Lord God, knowing that they're set in family, Lord God, knowing that they're free, Lord God. God, knowing that they have an everlasting Father who loves them, cares for them, who never changes, Lord God. God, knowing that the resource of the house is available to them, Lord. Lord, that the promises in Your Word, Lord God, God, are yes and amen. So Father, I pray, Lord God, for each one here, Lord. Lord, bring freedom in the Name of Jesus. In the Name of Jesus.